Hey world, my name is Sir. And I'm Modern Malcolm. We are the hosts of Negroes You Don't Like podcast, also known as NYDL. We are black husbands and fathers who are married, and yes, sisters, to black women. We are your everyday man's intellectual and more opinionated than the guy who sits around at the barbershop talking shit for hours and never gets a cut. We want to empower our communities and spread knowledge with best practices to hand off the baton to the ones next up. Only one major challenge. We can't do it alone. Calling out everyone who wants to pass on a stronger legacy to start right here on Patreon with us. Get exclusive access to unreleased episodes and extended episodes we like to call Loose Ends. Or whatever other fly that we could think of. Simply search for Negroes You Don't Like on Patreon and click join to tap in. Reminder, you may not like us, but you'll learn to respect and support what we stand for. Peace. Peace. Let, let, let me tell you something. Y'all don't messed up now. Now, you know, as I sit here with the baby monitor in front of me, you know, looking at my newborn son, and I contrast that with a life that was taken uh, not too long ago, probably less than 24 hours, um, another rapper, but let's not even use rapper, another, another human being, another young black man who never got to be old to understand at least to have the perspective to look back on his life and learn from the past and share those lessons with his children so that their children could share those lessons with their children. Um, it really, it really crystallizes in my mind, you know, this, this idea I once heard, um, where it says that the streets will never love us. And, you know, I really think that's apropos to, to, to state at this time, because I'm really, it's just one of those things, man. Whenever I see these stories, you know, the first thing that usually comes to mind is that line. The streets will never love us. I don't think the streets were ever made to love us. I don't think the streets were made to engulf us, were made to swallow us up. The streets, you know, the school of hard knocks, all of this pain that we try to put glitter on and a bow around, it was never made for us to, it was never made for it to be a permanent home for us. It was always, it was just a, a circumstance of life. You know what I'm saying? And in this episode, you know, we're, we definitely gonna take a harder look at some of the symptoms as to why we're getting the outcomes that we're getting with so many young men's lives being lost, not just rappers. I understand that because it's a rapper, because there's notoriety there, I get it. You know, that's going to gain a lot more traction. But in the grand scheme of things, the fact that so many young black men are losing their lives because of not being able to have certain kind of coping skills, that is what's troubling the most um, in dealing with this topic. But before I give away too much, what say you, sir? Hey, world, welcome to another episode of NYDL Negroes You Don't Like. Martin Malcolm, we're going to get into it, brother. Man, we're going to talk about how fathers save lives, man. You know, we, we got to get into this, brother, because this is something that's been dear to us. This is something that we built this podcast on as a foundation. But brother, let's dissect this a, a bit more in depth. What you got? Listen, I'm going to look at the first note that I wrote, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. When the fathers are gone, the chaos ensues. No doubt. And, and that's ultimately what we're seeing here. What we're seeing is a generation of men, of young men who don't have, well, not all men, of course, but not enough of us who have enough fatherly advice, good fatherly advice for us to, you know, as we mature, as we age, 
you know, there, there are certain ways that we're supposed to be able to handle ourselves and certain ways that we're supposed to be able to compose ourselves. Composure is really going to be the theme of this episode, you know, because many of these instances where you hear about particularly the young, these young rappers getting slain in the middle of the street, it's all just testosterone that's unchecked. It's crazy. It's all it's all arguments about nothing when you really think about it. Yeah, Most of it is arguments about nothing. I think there was one where a friend got killed. OK, that, you know, there's there's some kind of beef there, but there's so many of them where it's really not about nothing in the grand scheme of things. You arguing about, um, you know, the way somebody looked at you, what's what you think somebody said to you, you know, um, somebody cracked a joke on you and, and you can't take it well. It's really just about managing your emotions, managing when somebody got the best of you. Right. Really, it's just managing when somebody got the best of you. And the worst part is most of the time it's not even physical. Most of the time it's, it's verbal. That's what's crazy. Most of these altercations that lead to death is not even an altercation in the physical sense. It's literally just words. Yeah, I would say that's how they start. No doubt. Yeah, verbally. Just words, man. Yeah. You know, and what it's really coming down to is we have many, many over emotional men in our community. We do. We have okay. a lot of particularly black in the black community. We have a lot of over emotional men. Some some might say, oh, we just have a lot of passion. No, we have a lot of over emotional men. Since we have so many homes where so many young men are raised by single single mothers, many of them learn how to deal with their emotions in the way that a woman would. Men typically will learn how to manage their emotions by the way they see other men manage their emotions. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you only have female energy in the house. And unless you grew up with a very masculine mom who manages it like a man does, you know, chances are you're going to manage your emotions kind of how many women do. Right. You might get loud. You might curse somebody out. You know, you might lash out at somebody or, you know, of course, not all women are like that, but many are. And until they mature and learn how to manage their emotions, you know, it's just not, you know, it's really not a productive way of being. And like I was telling you earlier, brother, before we even uh, decided to do this episode, the crazy thing about being a boy who becomes a man is when you don't understand how to manage your emotions as a man, you actually end up getting the worst of both worlds. Yeah. So you, so you, so you running around the world with all this feminine energy and then you're still a man. So the aggressiveness, right? The, the, the aggression that men have and particularly when it leads to violence, most male aggression that turns dead. I mean, most, most, most aggression that turns deadly usually comes from men. Women will get aggressive, you know, they'll you know, pull each other lace fronts out, you know, scratch their neck, eyeballs, all kind of stuff. Hmm. But most of the most of the time it doesn't involve picking up a gun and shooting somebody. No, not no, right? not woman to woman. No, no doubt. No, 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 no. Typically not woman to woman. But with men, particularly men who are from the streets, one up from the hood, whatever you want to call it. The problem is when you don't learn how to manage your emotions from a man. Because I don't I, I really want women to hear this. And if if you're offended by it, just let it sizzling spirit for a little bit. Let it marinate. There becomes a point in a, in a young boy's life where he stops listening to his mother in terms of how to like in terms of learning how to be a young man. Yeah, it's going to become a point. It's going to become a point where he tunes your ass out because guess what? He's looking to other men and, and sometimes he doesn't have any positive men around him and he starts turning to his friends. So he he's, he's seeking male energy. He's seeking male validation. He's seeking male approval because he wants to fit in with being a man. I would say that. So I would say that, you know, um, the woman probably has up until about the age of like eight or nine 
to truly have an impact on that young boy after nine or so yeah. like he's he's at the age where he's looking like you said he's looking for approval acceptance and so he's looking for more guidance from a, from a manly figure a figure that would impact him most would be a male at that point in time nothing against our mothers who are doing their best to support that young boy but at the same time you can't reach him like a man would being in that exact moment in his life at that phase 100 i mean let's just be you know let me help the women who are listening understand what I'm saying, it's particularly the ones who may have took offense to that. Let's flip it. As a man, I, there are certain there's a certain point where I cannot teach a young girl how to be a woman. I just can't. They, 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 there's going to come a point where, yes, you know, girl needs a father. She needs to learn how to feel safe with a man. She needs to learn, you know, that, that, that men have dimension. You know, they can be sensitive. They can be tough. They can be protectors. They can be providers. They can they can, they, you know, they, they have a whole range. They're not just one thing. But there is going to come a point when that young girl who's going to turn into a young lady is going to need a woman to show her how to be a woman. Mm -hmm. I cannot show a young girl how to be a woman. And I don't know why this is such a sensitive point for so many mothers. When I worked in education, I would talk to some of these mothers. Some of them would get offended. But I just I had to keep it real with them. You cannot show a young boy how to be a man. You can only speak on it on what you think it is or what you think it should be. But you as a woman cannot show a man how to be a man. Well, they got offended because it became a it became a cultural norm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so sure. that's why they got that's offended. Oh, without, without a doubt. And, and, and unfortunately, in our community, as it stands, not among all of us, but among too many of us, you know, because our dysfunction is normalized, you know, not having a father in the home or or, or having a very unhealthy relationship with your quote unquote baby daddy. That just seems to be par for the course for so many of us that, you know, if you have so many people around you doing it, then you don't feel like you're out of the loop. You don't feel like you're doing something that's not normal. But when you actually step into the world among people who don't do that and people who look at you like you got, you know, eight arms growing out your body. <laughs> that's when you really start to say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, damn, you know, you, you know, those people start to put up a wall and not all of them, but uh, many of them, they put up a wall and they're like, you trying to tell me I'm a bad mom. You trying to tell me I'm doing something wrong. And guess what? And if you are, are you woman enough to take it? Are you woman enough to take that advice? Are you woman enough to assess the fact that you're raising a boy and he does need a male figure in his life that can show him how to be a man? The crazy thing about this, sir, is that if I was if this was flipped, I would not have to do any convincing to anyone that as a man, I can't show a girl how to be a woman. Ain't that something? Chip, there, you're right. There would be no <laughs> bro, that's crazy. No debate. Everybody, be, everybody be like, duh, one plus one is two. Of course. But as soon as you're talking about a boy needs a man in his life particularly when you're talking about it within the context of the black community, you have those that will try to fight you tooth and nail that it's, you know, yes, it's not there, but they're always going to, they're always going to bring you some anomaly story. You know, the, the, the needle in the haystack story of this uh, young man who became a mega millionaire and, 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 and it was only his mother. <laughs> LeBron? <laughs> Pretty much. You see what I'm saying? They always bring up this story. You know what I'm saying? They always bring up the, these one in a million stories, but the truth of the matter is LeBron had a bunch of coaches that he was really close to. He had male figures. He had positive male figures in his life. And, a lot of these boys usually they end up turning to, you know, their coach for guidance. And hopefully they got a good coach. Hopefully they got a coach that ain't trying to sleep with the mama. Hello. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just keeping a lot of man coaches out there, man. Whoa, hey, boy. Hey, hey. <laughs> Messing up the game, hey, brother. <laughs> hey, they call they call them Pop Warner coaches for a reason. Oh, hey, you know I get you, brother. They you out there, you know, they, they looking in the stands, scouting. They ain't looking for talent. They looking for, you know boy, what? You know what they looking for listen, in the stands, man? Well, listen, they, 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 they scouting in more ways than women. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm saying that to say 
even in finding a really good coach that really believes in a lot of life, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, valuable character, you know, development, important development pieces in the young man's life or, or attributes in the young man's life, even that's kind of hard to find, right? Because you, because usually a coach stays with you for a certain amount of time. Sometimes you got your youth coach, then you got your middle, you got your, you got your traveling coach, you got your AAU coach, you know, you got your high school coach. Like you can, you can run through so many coaches. So even that is destabilizing because now you have all these men hopping in and out of your life. And part of that is the problem mm-hmm. because you're looking for that one, you're looking for that one anchor that you can rely on. You know it's going to be there, and it doesn't matter what team I play for. You always going to be there with me. You see what I'm saying? You also have the, you know, the chance of getting conflicted messages, which also now is confusing for that oh, young man. Listen, this is why I was telling you earlier. And this is why I really want to say this on this episode. There's no better anchor than the father. Mm. No better, no better anchor than the father. No better anchor than the person who helped give you life. No better anchor than somebody who has, who is literally invested in you to the point where it took some of your DNA to mix with a, a woman's DNA to bring you into this world by the grace of God. No and as a young boy, you you carry that with a lot more weight over anybody else. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Even when, even when that young boy, I remember there were times where I'd be mad as hell at my father. He didn't see, he didn't see the world the way I saw it, which he shouldn't. He's a grown ass man. I'm a child, right? So, even, even, even in me being upset at times, I still respected, and I, at, at least I knew his point of view, and at least I knew it was coming from a good place, right? And 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 I knew for a fact that no matter what happened to me in my life, one, he's always gonna be my father. No doubt. And two, no matter how, no matter what the issue was, I knew he had my best interest at heart. Even, even if I didn't agree he communicated the right way, I always knew he had my best interest at heart. Same here, brother. You know what I'm saying? So that, 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 like that is worth its weight in gold. And that's what so many of these young, that's what so many of these young boys are missing who turn into young men. A lot of, you know, arrested development is something you hear me bring up a lot too. And there's a reason for that because so many of us physically, you know, physically we get older, sure. But so many of us have this hurt child trapped inside of us. And that's the arrested development that many of us are struggling with. Right. That's why that's part of the reason why conflict resolution is such a big issue in our community. Conflict resolution. The fact that many of us do not know how to resolve conflicts. We do not know how to resolve conflicts peacefully. That is usually what becomes the problem. So now we get into a, you know, (laughs) we get into a verbal spat and it ends up costing somebody their whole natural God given life. brother. And for and for what? For a dice game. For what? Come on, man. A what? A dice game, brother. Come on, man. And 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 for those of y'all who don't know, you know, we're talking about takeoff from the Migos, right? We're talking about takeoff from the Migos, but you can insert many other young men's names who, who who lost their life for no reason. They don't have to be famous rappers. You can insert people who we don't even know the name of, yep. and you're thinking you're safe. And you think to yourself, you lost your life for that. And we all heard the story of a of a young man losing his life over Jordans. You know, <laughs> Come every on, every man. city, every ghetto, every hood. We've all heard it, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just really it's really one of those things where our community needs to take a hard look at the value and importance of its men. Because if we want to help fix this chaos, it's going to start with making sure that these young boys have a solid male figure in their life. They have to have it because when they don't have it, I'm not saying it's a, nothing's 100 percent. I understand that. But I'm telling you, the odds work much better in our favor. When these young boys can look to a man and say, "Okay, I can measure myself against a man. A boy cannot measure himself against a woman. Understand what I'm saying? Unless he's trying to become one. I can't. Come on, hello. That's <laughs> hey, hey, listen. That fight. That fight is not for us. That fight is for old. What? Listen. That's for a whole nother podcast. Um, God bless them. God love us all. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I've only ever measured myself up to men. I didn't look at a woman and say, ooh, I want to know if I, now I'm not talking about, obviously I'm not talking about academically. Academically, it doesn't matter your gender. You know, you, you know, it is what it is. You scored 86, I scored 87, boom, it is what it is. 
But when it came to being a man, I've only measured myself against men. Mm-hmm. And this is this is very normal for children to do. Working with children, you see them do this all the time. Why do you think boys love sports? Because they're constantly measuring themselves up against other boys. They want to see where they fit in. They want to see how they fit in the hierarchy. How can they ingratiate themselves? They're trying to find their place in the world. And in the midst of doing that, what ends up happening is when you become a good athlete, you tend to get more people who are ready to give you the advice and mold you and do all these you know, nice things for you. But check this out. This is where the community drops the ball. If if LeBron James doesn't become LeBron James, let's say he's only a he's an OK player. He doesn't make it to the NBA. Now, guess what? You don't, you don't have you don't have all these people, you know, around him trying to give him all this positive advice, trying to do this, trying to do that. So we only want to show this certain kind of love if you're able to produce on the basketball court or the football field. Let's face it. As long as you can get something out of it, that's what it's really about. You know what I'm saying? See, see, see what I'm Selfish saying? Selfish reasons, man. That's what that's what the problem is. At the end of the day, we have to we have to have a higher calling. We have to we have to dig deep. We have to dig deeper and we have to understand that, yo, these babies lives is on the line. If we do not get it in order, as I'm sitting here right now, looking at the baby monitor, watching my my new son sleeping, ask his father, it is my job. It's my job to prepare him as best as I can for the world that awaits. You understand? And then part of that is letting him know that, listen, you're going to encounter conflicts with people. And life is much more about not what happens to you. It's about how you respond to it. No doubt. And to that point, Mother Malcolm, now, even for the now, there's two ways to look at this, because some people might may say, oh, you know what? My father wasn't there. He lived a life of crime, whatever the case may be, locked up X amount of years. <laughs> but the truth is, man, there are lessons to be learned on both sides of the, of the coin. There are lessons to be learned, whether you have a father that's there, that's presently active and involved in that child's life, or you have one that's not there because the lessons could be learned as to what not to do. You know what I'm saying? So for oh, that gentleman, for yeah. that father who spent you know X amount of years you know, in prison, that individual also has a responsibility to now go to their sons, you know, to their son and let them know, like, hey, son, listen, don't do this or do that, because that's the route that I took, you know, because we have a lot of those fathers out there in the streets. But the reality is they also have to be accountable to know that, hey, they have to get back home to their sons to let them know, hey, these are the mistakes that have led to where I am now. But I want more and better for you. So those young men could avoid going in the path that they went in. You know what I'm saying, brother? So there's two ways to flip that coin. And it applies both ways. No, without a doubt, um, you know. You know, as we were talking before, we have so many stories of guys who were in the street, served time, who, you know, brothers like Wallow, you know, brothers like Wallow, you know what I'm saying? From Million Dollars Worth of Game. Shout out to, to that podcast. And, you know, he gives a lot of inspirational and motivational information. And, you know, he he's trying to put back good energy into the world, which he is doing. And, you know, he, he's trying to write so many young men um, of this generation. Now, here's what I'll. Here's what I'll say to that. I agree with everything he's doing, but the importance of having the anchor of a father in your life is that you don't you don't have to get burned when you already know that the stove is hot so many times. You see what I'm saying? Like too many of us feel too many of us feel like or at least we, we live like we have to go through experiences to learn a lesson. No, we all do not. And we all don't have to go through such dire experiences. I do not have to go to jail to know that jail is a place that I don't want to be. But you need that street you know cred. You need that street like, cred, brother. No. Like, hey, <laughs> shout out to Young Jeezy. Yeah, shout out to Young Jeezy. Hey, Snowfall, DJ Drum, y'all, y'all killing the game. 
Jeezy got a song in there called Street Cred. He said, I can't go to the bank with no street cred. You understand what I'm saying? Street cred, street cred is only good amongst a very small circle of people who usually ain't doing nothing positive with their life. Street cred could not have approved me to get into this house or for you to get into your house, brother. So this, 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 this idea of street cred is complete, you know, I call it nonsense, but I mean, for the people who are literally living it day to day, I'm sure it's not nonsense to them. But for anybody who can pass this message on to them, I want you to know that little uh, alter, alternate universe of self-destruction that you're living in. It was designed for you to self-destruct so that so that street career bullshit is a lie. It's a lie. No, bro. I guarantee you if I walk outside my, my door in my neighborhood, talk my street credit, they gonna be like, uh, what the first of all, most a lot of people here probably don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> is that a street credit? Be like, uh, what? what do you get that at? Uh, <laughs> street credit. They're like they're like street credit. Are you, are you giving out hard money loans? <laughs> Straight you know up. What, I'm saying? <laughs> what score do you need? <laughs> oh four 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 eighty six. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's facts, brother. Like, come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yo, I really need I really need my people. I need more of my people to know that the world that they live in, that dysfunctional ass world you live in. Yes, that's the real world to you. But what I'm telling you is there's a world outside of that world that's a lot bigger and a lot more enjoyable once you learn how to remove yourself from all that dysfunction. I can assure you of it. I promise you. I promise you, you would enjoy as much bullshit as people try to, you know, as much bullshit as people try to, you know, state about glamorizing the ghetto. I love it. The ghetto is amazing. I love my hood. And if if I said, yo, you can have my house and I'll get your house. I guarantee you 99.9% of them would swap with me in the middle. You know what? They can be like, damn. <laughs> well, Malcolm, you brought up another valid point, which I think you're going to get into this as well. But mm-hmm. the fact that, um, you know, the, your current circumstance as to your, where you're at, whether you're in the hood, ghetto, whatever the case may be, the fact that a lot of these young men feel a, a need to always go back and put themselves in that circle, you know, in around those individuals who um, lead to a lot of these crimes and a lot of these, you know, um, circumstances that actually happen, you know, brother, like that's also something that um, is, is something that needs to be addressed as well, brother. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and take that, take off with that. No, without a doubt, that's a perfect segue. Let me tell you something, man. Straight up and down, because I was talking to my wife really, and I almost got kind of emotional, man. I feel like I was yelling at her, but it really wasn't <laughs> for her. It was for the circumstances. You, you know, sometimes that happens. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, listen. I'm going to try to say this without sounding like Uncle Ruckus. If you know the boondocks, you know what time it is. When I heard when I heard this story about takeoff losing his life, I was just like, now now this is my raw emotion. I'm saying to myself, I'm thinking about all the lives he's impacted in his own family's life, in his own generation, all the people who he's paying because of the resource he has, all of the opportunities he's giving people around him from probably from his neighborhood as well. When you think about all the impact, the positive impact he could have on his community, and then a nigga just takes it away in a dice game. Mm-hmm. Listen, to, listen to me, and I said nigga with a listen. I'm not, I mean that shit. A nigga comes and take that shit away. A fucking dice game. First of all, like I told my wife, he's a multimillionaire. What the fuck is he doing in a dice game? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And some people say, oh, he, he, he could do what he wants. I hear you, but why? Like, what do you have to prove? Like, I, yeah, you may have done that in the past, but what you, but, but what many of us have to understand is that new levels in life require a, a better and a more evolved version of and ourselves. New settings. new settings, new people, new everything. I told my wife this in a minute with every fiber of my being. I'm just getting to that. I'm really getting to that old black man age. I love black people. I hate niggas. I really hmm. do. 
know what I'm saying? When I was younger, I thought they were entertaining. You know, they're cool to be around sometimes. I didn't mind it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I really didn't mind the energy around oh, me from time man. to time. I was like, you know, this. I'm, I'm like, oh, this shit lit. <laughs> Bro, I got kids now, and I see how quick these niggas will take your life and not give two shits about it. Fuck them niggas. Facts. I'm so serious. If I meet a black person and I and, and, and my nigga radar is going off, yo, I'm pulling my minivan out and I'm pressing the gas <laughs> down to the floor. Down to the fucking floor, bro. Because I don't want no nigga energy around me, dog. I don't want no nigga. In fact, if I feel like niggas is around, I will purposely do shit to kind of ward niggas off. I'll start playing country music loud. <laughs> I got a book. I got a book under my seat. I'll start reading the Bible on the ass. Yo, I have mastered nigga repellent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, swear to God. I'll start playing. I'll start playing. I'll start playing Michael Boop. I'll start playing Michael Boop. Hold on, hold on, brother. Not Michael Boop. Now, hold on. The first two I had you, man. Yes. Michael Boop, like, man. What? No. Bro, it's, yo, it's a nigga repellent. It's proven. It's proven, my G. Oh, shit. You play, nah, you play Michael Bublé in, in July. It's not even, you know, December, you know, Christmas time. You playing it in July. Nope, 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 nope. Ruthless. Nope. I'm playing the oldies but goodies. Ruthless, bro. Yo, I got to do anything I can, anything I can to make them feel uncomfortable in my atmosphere. I want, I want niggas to come around me and be like, man, this nigga lame. <laughs> yep, exactly. Please remove yourself. Because these niggas is walking around with no sense and no purpose, no care for themselves. And they hate themselves so much. That's why it's so easy to take down somebody who okay. looks like them. Like Malcolm X said, who taught you to hate yourself? The only reason it's so easy to pull a trigger on me is because I look like you and you and you have an inferiority, an, an, an inferiority complex about who oh, you well, are. At the root cause? Yeah. Because. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because I, because I don't see you just going around, you know, getting arguments with white folks and blowing their head off. That's, that's what I'm trying to figure out, because, you know, certain people say, oh, they was drinking, they was high. I don't see you going around doing that shit to, you know, you know, doing that shit to white folks. I'm pretty sure you, you can drink with white folks like you drink with anybody else. You know why? You know why it's so easy to do it to somebody who looks like me? Because you hate yourself. And because you hate yourself, you got no problem killing anything that reminds you of yourself. Tragic, brother. So, you know what? So, you know what? I'm going to help you. I have mastered nigga repellent, and I eventually will, will box it and sell it for free shipping and handling. <laughs> Promise no you that. Doubt. Because, nah, man, it's, you know, it's, yo, it's, I mean, it's funny, but it's true, bro. Like I'm just to the point now. Like every time I hear one of these stories, it's like it's yo, it's it's it's. Now think about it. I'm in the suburbs. It, it, it's infuriating, and it does creep in a little anxiety. And I really hate to admit that, but it does creep a little bit of anxiety into you know, um, into my psyche. Because you know, I, you know, I got three kids yeah. now. You know, you got three kids. You got three kids now. So it's like, as a black man, it, it does cross your mind every time you see one of these stories about a cop. You know, a cop killing an innocent black man or woman, and and then. You know, you can't be ignorant and try to be all fake, super, 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 super pro-black and be like, oh, fuck the cops. But your own people will gun you down in the last game. You see what I'm saying? So you got the barrel pointing at you from both ends. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up, brother. I think I think people got to really let that marinate for a minute. Because remember, we just came from this whole Black Lives Matter over this whole, you know, police Mm -hmm. brutality and killing in this whole that whole era. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's, you know, all that. But yet the crime that is, you know, basically it's almost genocide, brother. It's, it's practically genocide mm-hmm. at this point. It's internalized you know, it's, genocide it's from your own kind, and that's coming from both perspectives. That's, that's both angles. So, brother, that, so what's the yeah. way out there? Because if you're getting it from left and right, which direction do you actually go? Listen, as I age, what you start to realize is your tribe is your tribe. You need to get with like-minded people, and hopefully, you can get with you can get along. You can find like-minded people who are of your race and of your culture. But 
overarching over all of that is you need to get with like-minded people of all, of all races and build a tribe with those people. You see what I'm saying? I would be considered pro-black, but I'm not pro-black to an extreme. I'm pro-black in the center. I, one plus one has to equal two to me. So if you're a good person and you align with my values, I don't give a damn what, what color yeah, yeah. you are. I don't. A good person is a good person. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So for me, it's just, you know, you know, Chris Rock said the best, man. I'm telling you, I love black people. I hate niggas, man. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, when, when he said it, I was laughing so hard, but the older I you get, the more that mind resonates yep. with me. Cause I, yo, now I, I know yep. what he's talking about because when I hear these stories, when I hear these stories, I'm like, yo, the hate is building inside of me. I really hate these niggas, man. So anytime I'm around black people who, 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 who are giving me nigga vibes, I'm like, you know what? The only place, the only place I want to hear a little bit of, a little bit of uh, niggardry from time to time is my music. Cause guess what? As soon as I'm tired of it, I can pause that shit and turn on like a blue, blue black. Whatever that nigga name is. Michael Bubble. <laughs> yeah, whatever that nigga name is. So I'm just saying, man, like we, we really have to be intentional about growth and self-development. Like I'm telling you, most black people have, have, have had some kind of exposure to the hood. I get it. Your partner, you know, this your road dog from day one, down like four flats, all that shit. Head to foot, foot to head. We laying in the bed. I get all of that. Trust me. I get all of that. But as you become full grown ass adults, when I was a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I thought as a man. And when you become a man, you have to start parting from childish ways. You don't you don't you don't even gotta be Christian to know that. You can be an atheist and know that. Fact of life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like when I'm hearing about this man losing his life in a dice game, I'm like, what? I'm like, first of all, whatever. You like dice games, that's your business. But what kind of individuals would you surround? You're a multimillionaire. Why were you surrounding yourself with these kind of individuals? Because let me tell you the other truth. The other hard truth that we have to absorb and digest and let it sizzle in our chest. All right. When you become successful from the hood, most of these niggas mm-hmm. hate you. I need you okay. to understand that shit. They hate your black. They hate your black ass. They hate them. you. Yeah. You know why they hate you? Thank you. They hate you because you look like them and you're a reminder of what they could have been had they put yep. in the fucking work. And they don't and they don't like to be reminded that they're a fucking loser. That's the reason why they have no problem with people who do, who are not black being successful, because it's not a reminder to them of their failures. The hate, the hate is real. The internalized hate is real and it expresses itself in ways like this, where you can just kill somebody who looks like you without even without even flinching. Because really what you're killing is another version of yourself. Let that sizzle for a second. Come on, man. But at the same time, Martin Malcolm, knowing what this brother meant, man, like to his community and the people around him, brother, like to, Come on, you know man. what I'm saying? Like for that to man. niggas don't care. Niggas don't care, bro. If that don't tell niggas you that, care, I don't know what ever will, brother. Like, you know what I'm oh, saying? Nick, and, and, and and that's the sad part. Niggas don't care. Niggas is niggas be quick to be like, man, fuck that nigga, he tried me. And that's why he did. Sad, brother. Seriously. It's really sad. So I'm just like, to all my brothers out here, you know, who trying to find their way out the ghetto for real, not for fake, for real. You really trying to put in the work. I need you to understand that you're going to have to separate from some of your so-called partners. Because as you elevate, if they're not elevating with you, that's a bad sign. That's a really bad sign because all you're doing is having a whole bunch of Judases around you. And they just they planning on your they planning on your demise. I'm not saying this, this happens in every instance. But what I am saying is the ghetto is designed. It breeds a mindset where it implodes on itself. Think about it. The, the ghetto is mostly a mind state, but understand when you go to the ghetto, 
is the ghetto a whole bunch of people leaving the ghetto and terrorizing other neighborhoods or is it mainly an area an economically depressed area where you have a whole bunch of people who are just doing the worst kind of shit to each other that's typically what it is it's the ghetto is a place where it eats its young it literally feeds on itself that that would be like that would be like you trying to cut your arm off you know fillet it and then eat it for dinner you're eating yourself so you know I really want us to um I, I, I really just want us to be particularly for those of us who in, who rise to these positions of power and influence man you really gotta you really have to understand the power you have and influence you have man and part of your job is to stay alive yeah it's crazy, it's crazy yeah. as it sounds. Part of your job, part of your job is to yeah, stay brother. alive. Part of my job as a father, part of my job as a father and a husband. Rule number one. Rule number yeah, one is brother. to stay alive. I really want y'all to understand that. That's rule number one. Yeah. Deal. I don't <laughs> you move the same now that I'm like, you know, I, 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 I was twenty. No, hell no. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I remember somebody talking about uh they were talking about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. It was like, what's the one thing they, they did that was a that was a failure? And when they said it, it shook me. I was like, oh, they died. I was like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> they died. It's real, brother. Like that, they did, they did most other things. Great. But they died. And that's what killed the movement, their death. And, you know, people would tell you about, oh, they inspired and all this shit. Man, listen, it's nothing like being here and live in the flesh. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who had positive people in their family die. I'm pretty sure you're not saying, oh, man, their memory. You know, I, I like their memory more than their presence. Hell no. I'm pretty sure you would trade anything to have their presence again. Hmm. So... As we moving on to uh, resolution solutions, let's um, let's revisit this main theme again. We need boys to have strong male figures to lean on. Single mothers make it a priority. Make it a priority. I'm serious. I mean, it's, it's important for young girls to have it too, but especially the boys. The boys measure themselves and understand what it is to be a man by the men that they hang around growing up. And usually, it's not men they hang around growing up. In many of those environments, usually it's young boys, and they all trying to figure out how to be a man. They're getting bad information. And then they're all growing up to be these 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 men who look like men, but they're really boys running around here causing a bunch of chaos. So, mothers, I really think, no, I know from my own experience in education and just my own life experience, these boys need a strong male figure, a grandfather, a, you know, somebody from the church, a coach, a big brother, big sister, whatever. Wherever you can find somebody who you believe is is living the way that you believe a man should, not the man you had a child with. I ain't talking about him. Because apparently that ain't working. I'm talking about a man who's living the way you wish their baby fathers were living. How about that? Let me phrase it in that way. Now, if obviously I'm not talking to single mothers who, you know, you may be a widow or they died in the armed forces or a health condition. But it's always going to be somebody who throws, well, you know, the child of my father wasn't no ghetto. I'm not talking about you guys. But I have to say that because it's going to be somebody who's going to be like, oh, you just you just labeled all single mothers. All single mothers are not the same category. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but you have to say that because we, we live in a society where you literally have to, you pretty much got to do like McDonald's. Your combo needs to be a picture in the number. <laughs> you can't take them to a steak restaurant with, with a steakhouse where there's no pictures. It's just all words. You know what I'm saying? You got to hit them with the pictures, bro. Different times, brother. So, um, man, people, man, it's the world we live in, man. I just, I, I just want, I really just want our community to really let us guide you and whoever else out there is doing the work, but to understand the importance of family and in particular, basically because of this topic, a father's role in a child's life, because everybody's looking at all these shootings and they're just looking at the environment they come from, you know, the music, you know, the lyrics that they're rapping about. And I hear all of that, but you know what I don't hear people talking about? I don't hear people saying 
this can be directly correlated to the missing fathers in the home. I don't hear enough people saying that. That's what people need to be saying. People, because when you, because when you start having that discussion, then you can start actually addressing the problem. But if, if the only thing you want to talk about is the lyrics and, you know, hanging around bad influences. No, no, no. Let's start at the root. Let's start at the foundation of it. That's how we're going to fix it. And the foundation is, did my father teach me how to control my anger? Did my father teach me how to be a man? Did my father teach me conflict resolution skills? Did my father teach me how to compose myself? Did my father teach me how to take a loss? Did my father teach me how to take a win? Did my father teach me dot, dot, dot. That's where so much of this trauma stems from. And with that being said, we are greater when we appreciate that we need each other. Hey, world. Thanks for tuning in. But a uh, reality check, man. Fathers, we got to be home more, man. Like, that's what's going to at least give us a chance to end this inner genocide that's happening in our communities. But, man, mouth, man. Either way, man, it just it still hurts, brother. No matter how many times it happens, no matter how many times it hits All you, brother, time. it still hurts, man. We're better, than, we're better than this, y'all. But we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.